Three new films that have been presented at the Sydney Film Festival recently has provided some insight into creation stories from many countries across these lands. It's the continuation of really some great work by the Sharing Stories Foundation who partner with First Nations communities to present these stories in film format. To talk about these three new films, as well as their extensive work to bring educational resources as well about these stories, we have Sharing Stories Foundation CEO Liz Thompson, Senior Jara Cultural Custodian Uncle Rick Nelson, and Sharing Stories Director of Education and Partnership Development and Pita Pita and Walurwara woman Sharon Williams. Welcome to you all to Kama and Wara. Thank you. Uh, hello. <laughs> Thank you, um, I was wondering if we could maybe start off about uh, these three videos. They're, they're rich in animation, look to have a really good community participation in them. What's involved in creating these videos in terms of participation and the collaboration with the community? Well, um, the, the work that the foundation does, um, we work alongside senior cultural custodians like um, Uncle Rick Nelson and in the instance of the Jarrah community before him, his father, Uncle Brian Nelson, um, to uh, help to record cultural stories and knowledge. Um, so facilitating trips on country where um, intergenerational transmission takes place where the stories live. And then we work with the young people with custodians and often other adults in the community to interpret or to support young people in interpreting those stories through initially artworks. Um, and then we work to transfer skills around uh, animation and sound recording and sound design to build up uh, ultimately, in the instance of the films that we're talking about, uh, animated interpretations of the knowledge and stories shared. And initially, um, those have been, in most cases, housed as individual uh, animations. So in the instance of the eagle crow bat, the story sat across 12 pages or does sit across 12 pages of an interactive multi-touch book. So with community, it's kind of decided which part of the story will sit on each page and what might you see in that drawing, what might you hear in that piece of the story, and then that specific animation unfolds. And then around that, there's a welcome to country, which Uncle Rick Nelson has done. So you're actually invited into the space and you pass through a welcome to country before you actually get to hear the story or access the knowledge which is then shared through these creative interpretations of young people with Uncle Rick telling the story. And then at the end of the story um, experience or the teaching, you uh, can, can access an interactive map where Uncle Rick and others in the community actually walk us around um, important sites on country. So sharing another layer of information and knowledge about important places. And you also get to meet um, most of the people who've been involved in the creative process, the young people, the elders and the community members who've been involved talking about what the story means, the knowledge means, why it's being shared, what the creative process has meant to them and so forth. So what you see at the festival in the instance of Eagle, Crow and Bat, and I'll focus on that because we're lucky enough to have Uncle Rick here with us, is those animations that sit across those individual pages have been stitched together to create 
one film. And that film tells of an incredibly important story and teaching um, that has travelled down the Nelson family line and been shared um, here by Uncle Rick and his father before him and many others before them, I'm sure. And to you, Uncle Rick, maybe could you tell us at a community level how these films' importance is, what these importance, what the importance of these films are for your your community? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Things like these, um, putting a, these Dreamtime stories out there into the community, and particularly the young, the young, younger kids, the children, and stuff. Is very important, as some of you might know. You know, lots of the um, culture and language and stories were lost in Victoria, so it's a really um, you know, strongly driven campaign to find some of these stories, in, in particular the creation stories, and pass them on to the children. We we've got a program where we work with about half a dozen or so primary schools. And every second Friday, we take them out to a, an old school on the outskirts of town and do cultural education with them. And um, that, that's uh, what the, the, the eagle, the bat and the crow came, came into, the, into that group with the primary school kids. And, um, you know, the, the kids got to do the artworks. The kids got to do the animations, step-by-step animations using iPads and stuff. They got to do the sounds literally with pots and pans out of the kitchen and, and rolling rocks down the footpath for, for volcano sounds and stuff. So the kids were really fascinated by these processes, but were also learning about local creation stories as well. Tell me how important that is to you. How important is it to have that generational exchange, having young people working with senior members of the community like yourself? Yeah, that's highly important, mate. Um, you know, now now I have um, you know five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids who approach me on the street and and tell me they know about Wah the Crow and Bunjil the Eagle and. and the mountain story, the, the two volcanoes arguing and throwing, you know, molten lava and fire and rocks at each other. Kids will approach me on the street and and tell me how they know these things. And, and not only Indigenous kids, but non-Indigenous kids as well. So it's a really strong thing for, you know, not only Aboriginal culture and, and educational learning, but reconciliation as well. We have a Bring a Friend Day to some of the some of these um, um, little community events, so uh, it's really about education, uh, educating our future leaders. I look at it, and I think it's it's highly important that we do these projects. Uncle Rick, I just want to ask another question of you, particularly about Eagle, Crow, and Bat. It's a lovely story. I watched it, and I just had this amazing smile on my face, and and learning a lot about what the uh, story entailed, some of the messaging behind it. Could you maybe talk to us a little bit about how important it was for you as a cultural custodian in the Jara community about telling this story and, and you know, being able to 
pass this story down um, if you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's, uh, like Liz said, it began with my with my father um, doing um, some cultural education at, at, at a primary school in Bendigo, which is about forty or so kilometres from here in Castlemaine. Um, uh, and but then he got um, he got sick, um, so. Then it fell into my hands. Um, sharing stories uh, approaches about turning the the, the little uh, animated book in, into an online series, uh, uh, you know, an e-book and and stuff. So um, we got involved in it that way. So it's come from my father to me, and now my daughter is in that group of um, children and nieces and nephews. So it's getting passed on. But, you know, here in central Victoria, um, lots of our culture has been lost. Um, so it's a real effort to try and get, get these younger kids to, to learn um, culture. And if it takes the internet to do that, well, so be it, I think. But, you know, it's, it's highly important, mate. I've been doing this for 20 years now, um, networking in the community to, to um, you know, highlight Aboriginal and, and Jajawaran culture. Um, so to have these primary age kids and we've got secondary school programs as well. So um, the kids love it. They, they really love it. When they go out and see canoe trees or they see the mountains that, that we're talking about, the old volcanoes, you know, that their, their eyes are wide, they're, they're really interested. You know, to have 30 or 40 kids quiet while you're talking to them um, you know, it, it's a statement in itself. So it's fascinating and it's amazing to, to you know, you see that little bulb turn on in the kids and it's fantastic. fantastic. Sharon, uh, let's turn to you and talk about some of the educational tools. You are the Director of Education and Partnership Development um, with these films. I, I want to talk again just specifically to these three films about some of the accompanying educational materials. Um, we heard Uncle Rick talk about the books. Could you maybe just explain why it was important to have these associated resources along with the, the films? Yep. So as um, a person who has been in education for 28 years, um, Education is extremely important for me. And um, so uh, as Uncle Rick was saying, how amazing it is to see, you know, the schools in his community's faces light up. The fact that we're going to get this opportunity to share um, the stories, you know, across the nation and see thousands of little faces light up um, is extremely exciting for me. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to thank Uncle Rick on here for generously sharing that knowledge um, with sharing stories so that we, we can actually do that. Um, so being in education for that significant amount of time, one of the things that probably hasn't changed across that time is teachers' confidence um, to teach um, or to share um, cultural knowledge. So our role here at Sharing Stories is to help teachers feel confident and comfortable about sharing um, the, the cultural knowledge that's that's in these lessons. So to do that, 
um, the lessons um, have been developed or been co-designed with um, the communities who have shared that content. Um, and then so we have lessons and we also have uh, cultural um, protocol documents that speaks, that are again co-designed with communities so that um, teachers know how they're going to share that content in as explicitly or directed by um, or by the community's wishes so just so that they're um, comfortable and they feel culturally safe um, sharing that content themselves but also sharing that 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 content um, with their students um, so all our lessons aligned to the cross-curriculum priority um, the cross-curriculum priority is a mandated um, content across the whole nation uh, but also they also embed the cross-curriculum priority um, and so it's not about we're not about trying to increase um, teachers' workload. We're just trying to help them develop their skills and their knowledge to de um, deliver this content more confidently um, and comfortably and culturally safe. My understanding is that Sharing Stories has created an extensive collection of these stories over a number of years, two decades. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, what's been the most fulfilling achievement you've seen in documenting these stories in your time there, Sharon? And Liz, if you want to contribute to this uh, question's answer as well, feel free. Um, so I'll, I'll go from my perspective first. So I've been with Sharing Stories eight months, so I can't really comment on the whole scope of the whole development of the stories. But look, for me, it has been um, a privilege to be able to work on documents that I know are produced in, um, you know, in a way that is, shared and respectful of the senior custodians who are sharing that content. So when I have talks to, when I speak to educators, they are extremely excited about the fact that, about the way that sharing stories operates in the space, um, you know, that we co-design, that we continuously going back and forth um, to make sure that everything is developed in a way that um, is you know in line with what the how the community wants their work to be shared um and for me as an educator i know that these resources that we're promoting are you know are culturally safe but as uh, an aboriginal person who um who works within the boundaries i suppose of um you know a cult culturally competent space um, it's extremely exciting to be able to do that with sharing stories. Liz, same question to you. To you, What's been the most fulfilling achievement you've seen in documenting these stories as part of sharing stories um, as your time in C as a CEO? Well, um, I mean, it's, always, it's just such an honour and privilege to work with the senior custodians that we get to walk and work alongside, like Uncle Rick and, and, and others that we partner with, and also our team at Sharing Stories, you know, working with people like Sharon and others is just an honour. Um, in terms of, I, I can't pick one specific thing, but, you know, we have worked with some of the senior people that we collaborate with, myself personally, since 2005, 
I was working with Uncle Brian in 2008. So they're long-standing, meaningful, deep relationships um, that are just, you know, a, a, a wonderful um a wonderful part of the work, a really meaningful part of the work. And some of those senior people, sadly, you know, we have lost in the last few years. And it's been very meaningful to me in three instances in particular where three of those senior people were really feeling a heavy responsibility around ensuring that that knowledge that they held and carry and were responsible, felt responsible for, was documented in ways that would be available to future generations of young people. It's really been, um, you know, um, well, again, a, a privilege to work alongside, as, alongside those people to, to assist in that process. You know, um, so the story of Gunjalala, the sugar bag hunter made with the Wagalug community, um, led by a senior man who passed away three years ago, is now like a, you know, a 60, 70 page interactive multi-touch book full of songs, full of story, full of animations, full of drone footage of important sites. It's just an incredible piece of work. Um, the, the cultural education portal being launched in, in 2022, not yet quite manifest, but super excited about that for all the reasons that Sharon's spoken to. And the other thing I would add is, um, I mean, there's so many things, but um, with the Jarrah community, we're working on a major permanent installation, public installation that's opening late next year, led again by Uncle Rick. Um, a connecting to country app with the three tribal groups at Lake Mungo and a fantastic interactive exhibition that opened uh, the WA New Museum last year with the Gidja community. So we're really moving towards a kind of public facing process with carefully curated content selected by, identified by the senior custodians, but, you know, that capacity for scale and impact for, um, as Rick said, you know, the, the contribution that makes to reconciliation, to culturally safe school environments for First Nations young people, for building understanding, for helping to support cultural continuity. So I haven't honed in at all on one favourite thing, um, but I've really talked about the incredible privilege it is to work in the space here with the people that I, I'm so grateful to work alongside. I'll ask the same question to you, Uncle Rick. As a local Jara cultural custodian at a local level in a community, what's been the most fulfilling aspect of being a part of the Sharing Stories um, community as well and being able to document? Yeah, um, you know, I, I can't emphasise enough on how exciting it is to pass some of this knowledge and that onto the next generation, you know, they're our future leaders. Uh, and, you know, if we can get these kids understanding local culture and local cultural history, um, I think, um, you know, the future will be a better place. Um, you know, like I said, we have seven and younger and eight, nine, ten-year-old kids coming up, um, telling us how, how they know some of the local stories and they know the creative spirit, Bunjil the Eagle. And, you know, we, we have uh, kids pointing out canoe trees to their, their parents. So we have kids educating their parents as well, which is, you know, which is just amazing um, to see that that future learning coming up, 
that's what we hope to do here in Castle Lane is we'll, we'll have little tours that start at the local museum. It's got old uh, stone axes and, and grinding stones in it and stuff. Have a little look out the bush at some canoe trees and then finish at, at the information centre with how the young kids are, are um, you know, learning and, and accessing culture in the 21st century. So you'll be in for a, a little bit of a cultural experience from past to the present and future. So, you know, seeing the kids involved in that and hungry to be involved in that and learning, that that's my greatest um, outcome is watching these kids uh, learn and be excited about learning. Eagle, Crow and Bat was shown in a cinema and the other two films were shown in Pitt Street. Um, Liz or Sharon, can you tell us a little bit about some of the reaction that you may have had from people who went to the Sydney Film Festival to see these films? I mean, all three of you, actually. This is all directed at three of you. So who would like to take that question on first? Well, we don't really know yet. We haven't, um, you know, heard so much from the... um, festival, what kind of response, because particularly the Pitt Street screen, you know, people are wandering past it all the time, but, yeah, hopefully we'll. So that was very exciting to think that people were walking, all these thousands of people, then, you know, we can be that COVID was, you know, um, the restrictions have been at, we know that people have been wandering around, so I think that that's very exciting that people got to, you know, observe it as they were walking around doing their day-to-day business. Yeah, super cool. And those two films in Pitt Street are, you know, bilingual. So the story is the Dungala story of the Murray River is is spoken in Bangarang and the Gidja story of the Frog and Brogger is, is spoken in Gidja. Um, so wonderful that language is out in the street in that way, you know, and that and that people moving around in that space are going to be listening to and engaging with language. That's that's really exciting and I'll I'll just add that the three books related to the three films Dungala, Frog and Brogger and Eagle, Crow and Bat are all part of the first um, uh, Stories from Country series and and free to download um, via iTunes bookstore and and actually also available um, via Android we've built now so that you know uh, people who don't have iOS devices can access them so if you didn't get to catch the films um, you can actually access the material and learn from the community um, about those important stories. I'd like to get your thoughts as well about just, you know, involvement in film festivals as well and having these public screenings. I mean, you talk about these films and educational resources being available online, but is it important to have such a stage like the Sydney Film Festival showcase these stories and do you hope for these stories to be showcased more at I suppose not only the Sydney Film Festival but film festivals countrywide? We had a screening of the Eagle, the Bat, the Crow at Melbourne, did we Liz? Um, We were going to but um, that didn't happen in the end I think COVID and complications but we it has been picked up from the Sydney Film Festival remember Rick we talked about it's going to an international film festival partner yeah yeah. that's right okay do you want to speak to that at all Rick? Um, Oh you know uh, uh, I think it's just amazing for um, Aboriginal 
dreaming stories and the way kids um, are involved in in the producing some of these stories and films and books to go out to the international audience is just downright amazing and I'm sure they'll get you know fantastic um, reviews or, or feedback and that from them. I suppose that I'd just like to follow up just on that last question. I think one of the most important things for sharing in that public space, um, both, you know, these stories, but, but sharing language in public spaces as well, is to show people the diversity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures, you know, across the whole of Australia. You know, each, um, each community is very different um, in their own way. Um, and I think that that is probably one of the most key points um, around the sharing is to let people know how very different and special um, and unique each of those communities and their cultures are. Well, I agree, concur absolutely um, with Sharon. It's just, you know, wonderful to have at the Sydney Film Festival um, three films of this nature produced in such a sort of deeply collaborative practice and in two of the instances, you know, representing First Nations languages. Um, it, interestingly, um, the Australian Teachers of Media Awards, the three related books to the three films that have shown um, were, were, are all finalists in the Best Educational eBook um, category. Um, so, the, you know, it, it really is um, just so incredibly important that this kind of content so generously shared um, by communities is becoming, you know, part of the fabric and the life of learning of children right across the country, whether it's in a film setting or a multi-touch book setting or an exhibition environment, um, but, it, but that it's a, a sort of, you know, critical part of all young people's learning. Thank you to both of you for having a yarn with us here at Karma. Really appreciate you giving us your time. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Philippe. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks,